this is my closing message, and I know having heard from many of you that you're sad that we couldn't be together because of this freeze-ageddon that we experienced, I would have you know that I too am sad that we can't be together on this message, but I am glad that we can do this through our online church. I'd also have you know that on August 8th, I'm going to be giving my closing thoughts, and we are going to have a huge celebration then as we celebrate 32 years of LifePoint's history of ministering within the walls and outside the walls. But today, I want to talk with you about saying yes to God. Have you ever wished that your life was like Bond, James Bond? Now, my guess is after this freeze-ageddon that we went through this last week, you're probably saying, no, no way. But let's just discount that week. Have you ever wished, as you saw maybe that movie, that your life was more like Bond, James Bond? What if the movie makers made a movie entitled it, Tim, Tim Cup, or Eloise? Eloise Hatchell, woman of mystery. Or how about this one? Scott, Scott Stein, long-haired man of mystery. What would that movie be like? Well, my guess is that there would be some highs and there would be some lows. There would be some straight roads and there'd be some curvy roads. There'd be some dry roads and folks, there'd be some roads with ice on it. There would be some sudden stops and there would be some quick starts. What I just described to you is the way that God intends your life to be. God never intended your life to be ho-hum, to be predictable. And why is that? Because he wants you to trust him. And so what God does is he never tells you and I in advance that there's going to be a freeze-ageddon coming, that there's going to be some curvy roads or a straight road because he wants our life, he wants it to be an adventure. Now, because life is short, you need to face life with intention. You need to face it deliberately, intentionally, purposefully. We are a purpose-driven church. You and I need to make the most of what God has given us. And today, in my closing message, I want to talk with us about how that happens. By saying yes to God. The truth of the matter is, when you and I say yes He has more of an exciting life for you and I than we can even begin to imagine. Take a look at Mark 6, verse 12. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Did you get that? They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different different. God has an adventure for you that these disciples were communicating with urgency, joyful urgency, that life can be different. 
And that difference starts when you and I say yes to God. Now, when you and I say yes to this grand and great adventure that God has for us, three things happen. Your days become an adventure, your life becomes a miracle, and your heart becomes peaceful. First, your days become an adventure. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. God who got you started in this spiritual adventure shares with us the life of his son and our master, Jesus. God has placed in each and every one of us a yearning for adventure. There is something that happens within us when we hear of someone who sells all that they have, buys a yacht and sails around the world to exotic places. Or we watch on TV someone taking a solo flight around the world. Or we watch a movie of someone climbing up Mount Everest without oxygen. Or we read stories, both real and mystical, of people who have conquered lands and slain dragons and rescued damsels in distress. I heard not too long ago that Virgin Airlines is building a rocket ship and shooting people into space. I wish I had $250,000 of just loose change in my drawer because that's what it costs to be shot up into space. What a rush. Folks, there is something within us that resonates with stories like these. And why is that? It's because we were made for them. Over a hundred years ago, there was a guy named Sir Ernest Shackleton. You remember who he is? He put an ad in the London newspaper looking for some men who would explore the South Pole with them. And this was the ad that he put in. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, sounds like Texas, Long months of constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. The fact is, God has an, a grand adventure for each and every one of us, and He has put that within us, and it is natural for you and I to want it. When you say yes to God, you get it. God will begin to take you to places both physically and spiritually that you have never imagined before. Physically in the sense of the world and spiritually in the sense of your own soul. This is what happened to Abraham. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse eight. By an act of faith, this is the internal part, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. That was true of me 32 plus years ago. (laughs) Dallas, where's that? I mean, that's where President Kennedy got shot, right? And yet this has become my home. 
The heroes that we have admired from the past were those who conquered physical lands. That's what happened here with Abraham. There was an exploring of the internal, but there was an exploring of the external. But today, most of the physical world has been discovered. And so what is left for us? It's interesting, as I talk with people in Collin County, most of them have settled for something less than a grand adventure. Today, our dreams have shrunk to something so small, like watching stupid people do stupid things on TV. Or the biggest thrill that we have is to get in line at one of those theme parks. And folks, let's all admit it, we've done it, right? We've gone to Six Flags, we've gone to Disney World, and we've stood in line for hours so that we could say, you know what, that ride was totally awesome. Or we've reduced our dreams to even something smaller, like playing video games, where we are the conqueror. Or just fighting traffic, trying to get home. Or arranging our schedules to match our kids' demands. Let's all admit it. We have settled for lesser dreams. Is that what we were made for? I don't think so. God has something more. He has a grander adventure. In 1974, God invited me to join him on an adventure, to go on an adventure that I had never gone on before, and that was to marry my wife, Cheryl. August 16th, 1974. And later on March 12th, 1989, together with three kids, Aaron, Matthew, and David, God invited us to start a church in Plano, Texas. And I would tell you this, that both of those adventures turned out great. Married 47 years, I'm still alive. Cheryl and I didn't mo- don't believe in divorce, but murder is an option, right? And I've, I've gone to bed a many a night with one eye open like this, just to make sure, okay? And I can tell you in 32 years that the boundaries have fallen in pleasant places with the people that I've gotten to journey with. But the journey isn't over. In 2004, God invited me on another journey, unlike any that I'd ever taken before. And you know what? It started in my office. How many adventures start in an office? Mine did. I was sitting in my office listening to tapes, commonly known today as podcasts, of Andy Stanley, Tommy Nelson, Erwin McManus, Bill Hybels, Rick Warren, and John Maxwell. Andy Stanley was talking about how divorce ravages women and that 85% of them, after a divorce, end in poverty. Tommy Nelson was talking about, in my terms, of the church living outside the walls 
of the church. Bill Hybels was talking about AIDS in Africa. Erwin McManus was talking about poverty. John Maxwell was talking about the need of leadership. Rick Warren was talking about the peace plan. And as I was listening to all those leaders, God started speaking to me. As I heard of all the different truly challenging things that people face. Because I can tell you this, like I said, the boundaries have fallen in pleasant places for me. I live in Collin County, one of the most affluent counties in the nation. I thought, how could this be? How could I not know about this? And what was wrong with me? You see, a lot of times when we get exposed to these grand adventures that are out there, we think, what in the world is wrong with the world? But I thought, what is wrong with me that I don't know about these things? And in that office, I began a discussion with God. And that discussion went something like this. God, I'm already on the great adventure called marriage and three kids called Life Point Church. And what in the world do I know about these big problems and how in the world can I, just a little pastor, a common pastor in, in Collin County, do anything about them? And to be honest with you, as I had that discussion, I had it over about a year's time and in that time, towards the end of that year, God was inviting me to say yes to an adventure that he would not let me know what it would be like. But I said yes. And you know what I discovered? Is that there is another world that needs to be explored and it needs to be conquered there is a world crying out for heroes, for James Bonds, for people of adventure. And that new world is the world of the hurting, both globally and locally. It is a world of people in need, in need with spiritual lostness of poor leadership, of abject poverty, of disease, of ignorance. It is a world that we discover locally is seen through divorce, through divided families, through financial stress, through spiritual losses, through addiction, through poor self-esteem, through abuse physically and emotionally, through the misunderstanding of mental health. And that world is crying out for people who will say yes to God. It is the world of the hurting. It is a world of people in need. It is a world crying out for you and I to say yes to God. When you say yes to God, your days become an adventure. But not only that, your life becomes a miracle because God begins to work in you and, in, and through you. Take a look at Ephesians 3, 20 
By his mighty power at work within us, God is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. When we say yes to God, God does a miracle in you. Just like when Jesus walked on this earth and he did miracles physically and opening people's eyes to see who they were, where they were, and what he was calling them to do. In Matthew chapter nine, it says this. Jesus asked these men who are blind, do you believe I can make you see? It's interesting, it says. Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. And then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. And suddenly they could see. When we say yes to God, the miracles that we long for to be radically different, God begins to do. And he begins to do them in you, internally, and he begins to do them through you, externally. And he does this with the most average person. You see, you may have never been great at academics, You may have never gotten an A in a class. You may not have any musical skills. You may never have been recorded on some CD, musically speaking. You may have never won a Mr. America contest like I have, okay? (laughs) Or married a supermodel like I have with my wife, okay? You may have never led a Bible study. You may have never gone in to a project. You may have never visited a nursing home. And you're sitting in there and you're thinking, God, why did you make me so average? I could have done so much more for you if you would have just made me different. But small becomes big when you put your life in the master's hands. And when you do, the beginning of a miracle happens as you begin to see and accept who you are. And that, honestly, is the greatest miracle. And I have watched many in this church, literally hundreds and thousands say yes to Jesus Christ. And I have seen God work in them and I have seen God work through them, helping them to understand that he didn't make a mistake when he made them, that he wants to use them who are as ordinary as common clay or (laughs) common as Collin County Carl to do extraordinary things. And so we sit wherever we're at. Know this, you can be different. You can be radically different. Not because you're not good. God doesn't make junk. It's because when you give yourself to God, God changes you and he makes you radically different. He helps you to be like James Bond. Or shall I say, like Tim Cup, 
or Eloise Hatchell or Scott Stein. Your days become an adventure. Your life becomes a miracle. And then finally, your heart becomes peaceful. Now that may sound like an oxymoron to you because how in the world can you have these great adventures, these grand adventures and have peace at the same time? How is that possible? Well, it's possible because no longer are you seeking after fake thrills, as I like to say, through drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Rather, you are seeking God's will and you understand that he has uniquely shaped you to make a difference in this world. And so you find yourself in the center of God's will. And folks, whenever you're at the center of God's will, there's peace. In John 16, Jesus describes all that's going to unfold for his disciples and the grand adventure that they are going to go off on. And as he concludes these things, he says this in verse 33, John 16. I told you all this so that in trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. Your days become an adventure. Your life becomes a miracle. And your heart becomes peaceful. Now, if God says that these things are going to happen, why is it that we say no to the, to the great adventure? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. The first one, I really think, is because of fear. We're afraid of God. Honestly, I think fear is one of the biggest. It's, one, it's man's biggest problem, and it's been around since the beginning of time. With Adam and Eve, they said, I, I, I was afraid, so I hid. And so we are afraid. And, and that, psychologists tell us, we have hundreds and hundreds of fears. But I really believe that our deepest fear is that we are just afraid of God. But why? One is because of ignorance. Folks, we're afraid of those things that we don't know. This pandemic, I think, is evidence of that. And worry is a symptom of it. And so we're afraid of what we don't know. But secondly, I think it's because of idolatry. We're afraid to give up what we already have. We're afraid that we're going to have to give up the 10 things that we like to do the most for the 10 things that we can't even imagine that we would ever do. And Satan loves to come in at that time and whisper in your ear and say to you, guess what? You're right. If you say yes to God, you're going to lose it all. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your friends. You're going to lose your fortune. But lastly, I think it's because of insecurity. We're afraid that we're going to lose control. And the more insecure we are, the more fearful we, we become. And so because of ignorance and insecurity, 
We're afraid. And yet the antidote to these things is simply to know God. Psalms 145, verse 9, it says, The Lord is good to everyone, and his compassion is intertwined with everything he does. When you and I realize that God knows what will make you happy more than you know what will make you happy, only then will you begin to even think of saying yes to the great adventure that God has for you. But there's a second reason that we say no. First one is fear, but the second one is my sinfulness. We don't hear a lot of people talking about our sinfulness, but the Bible's pretty clear. We've all fallen, we've all sinned. Which means that when Billy Graham was around, guess what, he sinned. The Pope sins. You sin. On the other hand, I'm different. Okay? I don't sin. I sin a lot. <laughs> I know who I am. We've got a sin problem. And what is sin? Well, the middle letter of it is I. Sin is an I problem. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do it where I want to do it, and I want to do it with whom I want to do it. I have an I problem. Now, I want to be, I want to tell you something that's rather embarrassing, but it's the truth. I love me more than anything else. I love me more than God. I love me more than you. And that what that does is that creates problems. That creates external problems, and that creates internal problems. Because I love me more than I love anything else. When I wake up in the morning, guess what? I'm not thinking of God. I'm not thinking of you. I'm thinking of me. I need that coffee right now or I'm not going to make it through this day. I'm thinking of my dreams, my hurts, my wants, my aspirations. And those create problems externally and internally. Externally, how we deal with them is that we accuse other people. Internally, we deceive ourselves. By saying something like this, I don't want to live for me. I want to live for God and me. And in that deceptive thought is a problem. One day, Jesus came to a gentleman and asked him to say yes in following him. And notice how this man responded. Yes, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first say goodbye to my family. Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Will you circle the two phrases, yes, Lord, and me first? Those are two contradictory phrases. You can't do both of them. Either Jesus is Lord of all or Jesus isn't Lord at all. 47 years ago, 48-ish, I said yes to Jesus Christ. And the issue 
around it was lordship. And as Paul Martin helped me understand Romans 10 about the lordship of Christ is when I dropped Jesus from my head into my heart. And I said yes to Jesus as the Lord of my life, at being my boss, being my CFO, being my CCO. I said yes to him. Now this raises a question, which is this. How do you and I say yes to Jesus, to God? Well, Paul tells us in Romans 6, 13, don't surrender any part of yourselves to sin, to be used for wicked purposes. Instead, give yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and surrender your whole being to him to be used for righteous purposes. God says the way that you and I surrender is by saying yes to Jesus Christ and giving him our whole being. Now, as Americans, folks, we don't like surrender. We think it is a sign of weakness. We think it's the result of being beaten down into submission, where we give in by force. But that's not true at all. It's not giving up by force. Rather, it is giving in by choice to the love and the plan that God has for your life. Where you're saying yes to his love and that plan. God did this with the whole nation. In Joshua 24, before Joshua kind of is really getting ready to leave, okay? He says this to his generation. Joshua said to the people, you are your own witnesses to the fact that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they said, then get rid of those foreign gods that you have, he demanded, and pledge your love to the Lord. God did not beat Joshua's generation into surrender. He drew them by his love. And I believe that is true for us at LifePoint. In the last 32 years, God has drawn us to himself on a great and grand adventure not by forcing us to do things, but by drawing us with his love to choose to follow him. Now you might reflect and ask the question, then why is it so dangerous to say yes? It's because of who you're saying yes to. You're not saying yes to some old man in a rocking chair that has a white robe with clouds around him and a long white beard. You are saying yes to the almighty God. And there is a sense of danger in that. In C.S. Lewis's books, 
or book, the Chronicles of Narnia, God is compared to a lion, Aslan. And someone asked, is Aslan safe? And the person responded, no, he's not safe, but he's good. I can tell you from my own life that God is not safe. That he is good though. And my prayer for LifePoint Church is that you will find this out for yourselves. That God is not safe. But he is really, really good. My wife can tell you that God is good. My three kids and their wives, Aaron and Melissa, Matthew and Carolina, David and Sarah, can tell you that God is good. My grandkids are going to be able to tell you because I'm going to start a grandparenting ministry that God is good. Hundreds and thousands of people from LifePoint's ministry over 32 years can tell you that God is good. LifePoint, we are starting a new adventure. And will you say yes to God and allow him to show you how good he is as we follow our new pastor, myself included, next week? Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you that you are a good, good God. And that you have filled my life and that you have filled our lives as followers of Christ, as disciples of yourself with days of adventure. How exciting it has been. And God, one sense is kind of funny. As I come to the end and the closing of this chapter on my life, I got a freeze again. Wow. I can't think of a more exciting way in one sense of coming to the close of this chapter. But God, I thank you for the miracles that you have done in our lives and helping us to understand how you have made us unique to reach people in our generation. And God, we thank you that regardless of the chaos that is going on in our world, even now as we speak, that you have given us peace, a peace that goes beyond understanding. We can't describe it and it's hard to explain, but God, we experience it. And we just wanna be those as we have sought to follow you fully these last years of our uh, of, uh, of life point, at least my years, God, that we will not retire, but that we'll re-enlist. 
and that we'll sign up again and we'll say, yes, God, we're off on another one. And we're exciting to see how things are going to unfold. And so, God, we're going to give you this. We thank you for your goodness. And it's in your name we pray.